Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 144. And my guest is Guy Lawrence. So uh, some of you might remember, and if you haven't listened to this show before, uh, please do go back and listen to it. The first time that Guy Lawrence was on the show and uh, we talked about his exploration of various ways that one can push one's mind uh, and how the effects then impact life. Uh, And we spoke about that very much from his personal experience. Guy is a coach, speaker, entrepreneur. Uh, A lot of you might know him as having founded the 180 Nutrition brand, Uh, but he also then went on to found a, a very deeply personal business project called Let It In after having experienced so many shifts uh, with uh, some experimental therapies, let's call it, uh, over the years. And some of those include Wim Hof method, some of them include ayahuasca, some include the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And as he went on, he started to build his own personal brand of how to help people shift from a life uh, where they felt a sense of lack in in terms of their own potential and uh, and to let in the magic of the mind shifts that uh, that we need to really live uh, the life we want and create um, transformation. And it's not kind of woo-woo Tony Robbins, live the life you want and transform yourself. It's really beautiful, deep uh, connecting to the self-work. And uh, you might have taken the opportunity already in the last couple of weeks to download your free seven-minute heart coherence meditation uh, and a five-step morning routine that Guy has. Now, he is not one of those people uh, that professes that you need to do this routine exactly this way every morning, otherwise it's not going to work. You know, some of us have a bazillion kids, a job, uh, you know, lots of lots of busy days in the week, and it really is just about starting to um, focus on prioritizing ourselves and realizing that every aspect of our life goes much much better when we gift ourselves. Uh, a bit of time in the mornings to center ourselves. And sometimes for people, they might find that ends up being at the very end of the day when it's quiet and there are children asleep and and it's easier to make space then. So this can look however you want it to look for yourself. But that heart space, uh, the heart coherence meditation is a real treat. And uh, I think there's a Chinese proverb that says, if you don't have 30 minutes, you must take an hour. Uh, And I think uh, if we can't take seven minutes, then really, (laughs) we really need to take a long, hard look at ourselves and, uh, and try and figure out why we aren't carving out time for ourselves to get centered and, uh, and, uh, I guess, you know, really connect to, to ourselves so often, you know, the minute our eyes open, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's checking the emails. It's, uh, one child who's lost their sock. It's the other child who wants avocado, not peanut butter on the toast. It's, it's everything coming at you from outside. And if we start our days like that in reaction mode, we haven't had the chance 
to be intentional about anything and often we can get more flustered by those little things that are of course going to come our way in a busy morning regardless. So I'm a really big fan of this commitment to self and um, and please do take the time to download the seven minute uh, meditation. You will not regret it. So um, www.letitin.com.au forward slash Alex with two X's. And that will be the link for you to download that uh, meditation and morning routine to see if uh, if that might create some shifts for you. So in, uh, in Guy's words, he demystifies meditation to create transformation from the inside out. And he's taught hundreds of students a proven roadmap that he applies daily um, to create a future you you truly desire. And so this is very much you know, it's almost like a a singer songwriter that you can say, I can see those influences from this artist and that artist that came before him. And, uh, and I, I very much see that in, in Guy, I think of people like Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, you know, some of the people who are at the absolute forefront of neuroscience and what Guy's gift is, is taking those, often very complex themes, often quite expensive, hard to reach, get to events, etc. We have to be realistic about that and create something really accessible for people through his memberships, through his own retreats here in Australia and, um, and workshops. So I know a few of you low toxers have been to Guy's workshops and really, really enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this chat with you guys today. And, uh, and I hope you like it as much as I enjoyed this conversation. Hey, Guy, how are you? I'm fantastic, Alex. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited for this conversation, especially now I know a little bit more about what you've been rabbiting on about all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel like I can actually have a conversation about this rather than being curious about who I'm interviewing. You know what I mean? Shifts totally. So uh, for people who haven't come across you, your work, your past with 180 Nutrition, I think it'd be really good to start today by um, talking a little bit about your um, career as a personal trainer. You know, that was really one of the, the big things that you were doing as you moved into 180 and, uh, and the curious reasons as to why you might have left such a burgeoning, fantastic um, supplement company, you know, those such beautiful whole food powders for people for their smoothies and, and breakfast bowls and things. And, uh, and everything was going so well, but you decided to pivot. So I think that's always interesting to learn about people's experiences from the other side. hundred percent. Yeah. And I've realized as well, when you, I love the word pivot and, and there's an element of living life where I realize now that you kind of almost need to stay ahead of the curve in terms of being able to see maybe things that are coming from the way you live in your life. And sometimes we want to deny uh, what can be happening and we suppress and, and hide away from it. And then, of course, um, a, a snowball can become an avalanche in time. And, and I felt that's what was happening for me. You know, I've always been a searcher, Alex, ever since I can remember. It's just in my DNA. I don't know why. Um, and I always, and, I, and I'm a daydreamer as well. So I always kind of fantasize and, and go, this is the life I kind of live, but I actually lean in and I've made choices in my life that are kind of led me on all sorts of directions and paths. And, but there was always fundamental beliefs holding me back that I didn't realize subconsciously um, through my 20s. You know, it cost me many relationships. I never held on a job. I traveled 
so much and I realized traveling was a way of me avoiding anything really mm. uh, even though it, it it taught me so many beautiful things about life and so many skill sets uh, at the same time there was a deep sadness inside that wanted me to what is it am I broken what's going on I just couldn't piece anything together and I emigrated to Australia in and almost like a last-ditch attempt to start from ground zero again. Um, and then I got into the fitness industry, and I loved it. I used to play rugby. I was always into my sports, and, and I was passionate about that. And I really loved working with people. I just, I just, I could talk to people all day. I really could. And, and especially if we hit it off and had like-minded conversations. And the, one of the biggest epiphanies I had was was seeing that my own belief structure started to diminish, especially around nutrition and health. And I'm sure you've seen it with the low-tox industry and in your own personal journeys, right? Yeah. Um, and I got really passionate and pissed off about it. So I, I ended up uh, creating a product and founding a company called 180 Nutrition back in 2010, where I was getting frustrated with people coming into me asking for all this nutritional advice, but then yet leaving feeling stuck and still eating and doing the same things that were probably getting them into the position in the first place. So I thought if we could create a product that would actually help people not to think, make it much easier. It was like a whole natural protein smoothie we could make. And, and, and the next thing you know, and I was in a place where, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't happy, but I found this passion and I could move in. And within three and a half years, we were turning over millions of dollars in a year and I'd never kind of seen anything like that in my own life before and I was like oh my god what the hell is going on with all this but I was following my heart and I wasn't really attached to anything but at the same time I had a podcast and I was exploring so many facets of health because I realized that so many beliefs and so many things that I believed to be true that just wasn't and my own belief systems would be challenged I was like well if I'm wrong about that what else am I wrong about or what am I doing so I really started to explore the self and explore the health industry and for over that time it just started leading me to a body of work which is obviously what we're going to end up talking about today and I couldn't the more I the more I learned the more I just couldn't believe what was going on and and, and from this exploration and I'm sure we'll get into it in a sec but mm. I just got to a point where I was trying to help people with their health I was trying to get a message out but for me, this this work was the missing component completely because if we're not willing to start to address how we think and our, our emotional states and, and become the observer of those things at any one time, we tend to then find the external things like that can be holding us back. And it could be negative relationships, it could be a poor diet, it could be just poor choices day by day that we make and that are continually keeping us in our cells areas where we stuck mm. and it had such an impact on me it was actually changing me as a person I was starting to really evaporate and let go of a lot of negative belief systems and emotions that I didn't actually realize that I was living with because they were so familiar Mm, that's right that, well it's the unconscious mind isn't it it's, it's the unconscious part mind. Of the program yeah Exactly. So then I was found myself in this position where, you know, I was in the company, I was in a business uh, partnership with Stu and, and, and it was all going great, but the, the self was dissolving. Like the, 
I was breaking down inside to a degree. But what I realize now is that I was just shedding the old self and my true self was starting to come through or the next sort of chapter of my own evolution of me, if you like. And, and I think that happens so often with all of us, but we don't, we're never given the tools to look at this or handle this or even aware that this exists. But because I had, because I was already learning these tools, so instead of suppressing it, which would have done, would have done for so many years, and why I've got myself in, in unhappy situations in the past, where the way I was living my life, I started to embrace it, and started to go, okay, well, what happens if this is actually a gift? What happens if I can actually start to step into this unknown and uh, and allow this better version of myself to come through or this improved whatever I don't know if better is the right word and start to help others with this so I I just it was just bursting out of me so I made a conscious decision and it was terrifying don't get me wrong you know mm. I'm, I'm set up I'd finally got to a position in life where I was earning good money I'd never experienced that before I thought this was me this was this was my purpose and yet it was unraveling so my ego I was able to let it go enough to go okay fair, this might be not it after all and maybe there's more and maybe there's more to life and and I always think about do I when I when I'm old and you know I'm in my final days of my life because it's going to happen to all of us at some stage I often think about that and look back would I be happy with this decision I'm about to make right now yes or no and the more I have that relationship and connection with myself the more I kind of just trying on my heart instead of my head mm. and it was a big decision I thought well if I'm going to teach this stuff then I've got to live by it fully you know I can't be in 85 percent and then go around spouting it out this is what you need to do it's like no no I want, I want to I want to inspire people by my actions not so much by my words yeah and stepping down and, and making that decision to move was incredible because it felt like I was coming out of the closet Alex. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is, uh, I mean, a lot of people are wandering around feeling trapped by their current situation in some way that, you know, the sensation of being trapped varies to a degree from person to person. But I've met so many people that feel in some way trapped, like they can't see a path forward, like they don't feel a sense of purpose. And I truly believe that this is what's hurting our communities and our countries to a certain extent. This, this, lack of being able to harness a, a, a sense of uh, learning in people to drive a beautiful higher purpose is what makes us all so granular, is what makes all the troll comments on Facebook, is that we're just like so closed in focus, so unopen. And, uh, and I totally agree with you. When you finally see a way to shed that skin that's been kind of hugging you tight in a bad way, or in a way that no longer feels right for you, uh, then, you know, it's, it's an incredibly freeing, um, emancipating moment. It's huge. And the, the biggest key factor is, and it took me a while to get it right, was actually you just need to find your edge that you're comfortable. Because I think if we feel safe moving forward, we're going to move up forward a lot quicker, actually safe, because we always resort back to, you know, the old patterns. Mm -hmm. and, and I always think about, like, if you can touch your toes or if you can't touch your toes, there's a point where you know you're actually stretching your hamstrings. 
But if you stretch too far, you're going to pull a hamstring and you're going to be in a lot of pain. So it's about finding our own edge and, and stretching that a little bit more and, and, and finding areas in your life, whether how small or how big, and finding your edge constantly and starting to become comfortable with that. Because the more you can become, become comfortable with that, the more you can be comfortable with the unknown. And that's when you can start to shed and let go and realize that we're not necessarily who we believe we think we are. Mm. And then change comes from that in magnificent ways. So I have a question here because I think it's a really interesting one. Often we're in relationships or we're a part of a family at least uh, where if you're doing all of this incredible inner work, you're stretching yourself beyond your edges, uh, we're going to talk about meditation and how that fits into things uh, in a little second, but you've done all of this work personally and yet you're cohabitating with people who have not. How does one navigate that aspect of things? In, in, in what sense? The, the, I missed you the first, very first No, no, part. that's okay. So yeah. I was just curious because you, you're talking about all this um, wonderful awakening, finding your edges, all of that good stuff, and then you're still in your daily life, like you're still yes. off married to someone or you've got the three kids or you're looking after your sick mother-in-law. Or, like there's all the normal things still happening around you. Uh, and I'm curious to hear your take on how one navigates that while one is transforming in their own self. Okay, okay. Because it's th- a big one, right? It, it's huge. It's huge. And I think that the first element is is that we, we need to proactively want to do this work. Mm. And, and from that place, because... What I realized in my own circumstances was that I was beginning to change, but my circumstances around me weren't changing. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that takes time. And then there's an element of, of um, acceptance is probably the first step into this. So as opposed to resisting all the, the, the difficulties that we have that are going on on a daily basis, that we actually have to accept this is the situation I'm here today based upon my choices, conscious or unconscious, through my life and take complete ownership of this moment right now. And I think that is the biggest key moving forward. Mm. And from taking that ownership, we then start to, um, the next step is actually to start to become the observer of our actions during our day, during that time. Because uh, as I'm sure you've mentioned before, you know, 95% of our day is running normally from a program or an unconscious pattern. And we need to start observing and stepping outside of that, which we can, because if we're consciously aware of what we do and we're not running from a program, and that's when we can start to facilitate the change. But I think even if we don't know what we want to move towards, if we're feeling stuck or we, we have no idea what direction there is, cultivating and tony robbins says it so well but actually cultivating an attitude of gratitude cultivating moments in your day where you can find joy from just being in the moment has a massive massive impact on the very way you're going to perceive every single situation moment by moment in your day so if you can start to actually alter your perceptions which is in turn going to alter the way you feel then you're going to start bringing more love and more joy into your day without needing an external circumstance to start making you to feel happy or a certain way. Mm. 
And once you can start to cultivate that, like truly cultivate it, this is not just, oh, I'll talk about it and I'll write a couple of sentences in my gratitude journal and carry on being miserable for the rest of my day. This is actually truly embracing this work. Then from that point, you, you start to take complete ownership of your own emotional self and, you, and, the, the, and the way, not so much the way you think, but being able to observe your thoughts. Because our reality is governed by our nervous system. And I actually believe this work is actually the evolution of the nervous system, which we can get into in a sec if you want. Yeah. But, the, but the nervous system is the filter between what you're perceiving right now in this moment. You're interpreting that through your sensory experiences. Then it has to bypass through your nervous system. And your nervous system is sending a signal then to the rest of your body. So you've got your perception, the filter of the nervous system, and then the body. And depending on how you're seeing every situation, you're going to be firing and wiring in a certain way. And then you're going to be creating emotional states that are going to continue to keep you locked in feeling this way. And you're never going to see opportunity. Mm, Okay. I have an example, a personal example on that exact thing. So you're talking about perception filter than the body. I'm talking about when I had really bad mold illness, when it was at its absolute worst, the body was doing all the crazy things that was going through my filter. And then it was making my mind think I was going to die. So it was kind of coming from the inside out. And then it became this negative feedback loop that I started to consciously realize I was in that made me start doing the work to change to being perception filter body. Exactly. So if you're, If you've lived a certain way for a certain period of time, and most of us, let's be honest, Mm. we we are creatures of habit. We sure are. (laughs) (laughs) So you have created a familiar feeling that's going on. And that that feeling is so familiar, that is how you've identified yourself. And the the, the ego part of you is, is, is holding on to that because that's you. That's... That's how you expect it to be. Now, that feeling is producing a, a hormone and a chemical at any given moment, okay? And that is constantly sending a signal. You've got a million cells coming online every single second. They turn over. That's what the body's doing. And all the body wants to do is keep you in homeostasis. It wants to keep you safe. We have what's called the biological imperative, the, the, the drive to survive, right? Like Bruce Lipton talks about this a lot. And the moment you start to have a, a different feeling outside of your own familiarity, alarm bells are going to start going off, whether it's a positive feeling or not. So that's why the very things that we can want to move towards, okay, is, um, can feel scary and uncomfortable because it's producing different feelings. And those feelings that it's producing are, are something that we are not familiar with. I mean, I often joke, but some people don't, if they've not received love in a long time, the moment they start to receive love or get a hug from someone, you can freak them out. <laughs> yeah. Because they're just not used to f- f- um, feeling that. Mm. So, so that means then we are chemically dependent because we have to produce chemicals to produce a feeling. And we become chemically dependent. The body becomes chemically dependent upon the way it feels because we have to produce that. Like if, so we can basically get very um, attached to the way we think and the way we feel. 
subconsciously and the body's doing all the work for you. And if you think about that, we're actually programmed these days for stress. Most people are running 70 to 80% from the hormones of stress. That's a fact. I'm sure everyone here has gone on holiday and gotten sick or finally gone, whoa, I really needed that break. So we're, we're, we're constantly hammering the nervous system and sending a very different signal to the body. And I think I was interviewing Christiana Northrup, I think, was talking about this. Oh, I loved that chat with her. Yeah, she's about awesome. Energy vampires. It's yeah. So good. I encourage everybody. I'll pop it in the show notes. So okay, you thank you. Yeah. But she was saying in America, now 80% of, of doctor-related re- uh, medical issues are stress-related, mm. right? So, so it's a big problem. And, and I think the biggest thing we can actually do is start to, start to firstly – be aware that we are we could be right we, we could be not actually running on our true selves we could be running from a stress response and actually start bringing it back and reprogramming that homeostasis reprogramming that nervous system and getting the body that's dependent upon those feelings to to really start to cut the supply mm. <laughs> cut the cord and, and you will be literally like a junkie probably having withdrawal symptoms for a couple of weeks. I had, but, uh, I had a month of crazy withdrawal symptoms. There you crazy. go. Crazy, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But then if you willing to start going through that, like a lifetime of, of choices and habits can't be fixed in a couple of days. or no. a couple of weeks. This, is, this, is, this is life-changing stuff that requires processes and, and a shift and a shift in thinking. But, but you can't can't change your that you hear of the evolution of um i'll go deep for a sec because it's been on my mind lately and i've been bringing yeah, this no, a workshop so if you think about the evolution of consciousness right itself mm-hmm. it'd be fair to say that more recently we have as a human species we're evolving quicker okay we're we're, we're getting smarter as a species and, and to where we might be 500 years ago and all the way back to if we were an ape changing. And then you've got extremely smart people that have just got a higher level of consciousness like you know, Steve Jobs and Einstein and all these people that were just on the other spectrum. And you've got us in kind of in the middle, right? But, but it's, it's progressively moving forward. I know I'm not the same person I was even five years ago because my awareness is evolving. And if consciousness is awareness, then that means my consciousness is slowly evolving and expanding. But the issue is, if I try solving my problems, my situations, or anything at the same level of mind that created it, then I'm never going to change. Because and this is where people get trodden down by willpower and exactly. best intentions and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And if you believe consciousness... Uh, is is channel is is that, and it requires the nervous system to run through to have a direct experience. Then wouldn't it make sense to evolve the the nervous system, which is actually governing the homeostasis in the first place, and being able to expand that awareness? And as we expand that awareness, then for me, what I, the way I start to look at it, then it, it requires a development of the nervous system, improving the autonomic nervous system, because that's actually what runs every single system of the body. But by doing that, it allows us to grow. And we start to meet it at a different level of mind, because from this work, as you start to 
get out of your head more and into your heart and start allowing uh, this work to unfold, a deeper connection to everything starts to unfold as well. And there's a deeper sense of knowingness and a deeper sense of purpose can come from that and joy and love and happiness and all these more positive states of being. And eventually you can start to be in a place where you don't actually want for anything because you're just feeling good about yourself. Mm. And you start to meet it at a different level of mind and that, that created it in the first place because most of the decisions we've been constantly making probably are based on fear, are based on lack, are based on security and battening down the hatches. Well, we're always going to continue to get the same if we choose to do that. Yeah. But one of my biggest wake-up calls was when I actually, for the first time, achieved what was deemed as success in my life, I still wasn't happy. It still hadn't fulfilled that in a pull inside, I'm like, I thought that was it. And it mm. wasn't. And what is that? And, it was uh, a stepping stone rather than, you know, quite often we think we're supposed to arrive somewhere, but really right. it's all just stepping stones. Exactly, exactly. And I think we've gone way off tangent from the, the question you asked me. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> but to bring it back to the daily basis, that's why for me it's so important because all we have is now. Mm. And I know philosophically we can understand it and, and intellectualize it. And, you know, they say, you know, if you're, if you're in the future you, uh, and you, you, it's going to make you anxious, you know, if you're in the past, you can get depressed. And, and now is the gift, the present moment. They call it the present. But it's like if you can really start to embrace that and pull yourself out of those patterns, then it can really start become a game changer. Because once you start to find those deeper, that deeper fulfillment without the need for an external circumstance to d deliver that, the way starts to show itself. It really does, but you're, you're, you're now back in control. And I think the, the name of the game is being able to, no matter what's going on in life, and don't get me wrong, I haven't got this in the bag, but I, I work at it. You know, no matter what's going on in your external world, like you've got this from the inside out. And, and if, if, oh, there's anger right now, I can feel myself coming, becoming angrier, there's some negative thoughts coming up. We, we, we not necessarily are our thoughts and our emotions. There is a part of us that can observe that. So they're like storm clouds that come in and come out, you know, and you honor it. You don't have to suppress it. You just let it pass through until the, the, the charge has left you. Mm. Well, uh, Dr. Joan Rosenberg talks about the fact yes, that there exactly. are 90 seconds of, uh, of, of, of feelings. So if you're actually happy to acknowledge that it's a wave, you can let a wave wash over you. And that's doable if you think about it in a 90-second context. Everyone can do that. 100%. But if you don't process those charges, which we never really are taught, and we hold stuff, trauma, things our whole life, then the body is going to hold that in. Mm. And we might not even know it's there. And that's going to be constantly then creating that familiarity of what you deemed to be known as safe because it's familiar. And you're going to send a very certain signal to the nervous system constantly, the autonomic nervous system, which of course is governing the whole thermostat of the whole body essentially. Mm. So it's amazing. Yeah. So can I ask, because people might be going, wow, this sounds really interesting and it feels like the right time to just break it down to something really uh, tangible, like to get a window into uh, how you do this work and what format it takes for you every day. 
what does it look like to do the work to break the programs of the past and our familiarity and our subconscious thinking and to start to become an observer? What, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Okay. So it starts with the practice. Ultimately, then there needs to be a skill set required to, to learn and do every day, just like going to the gym. Mm. You, you haven't lifted weights before and you can only lift three kilos and then it's four, then it's six, and then you get stronger and it evolves over time. So for me, there's a couple of areas of practice and this is where you, you start small and then all of a sudden this window opens and you can go super deep. Um, but the first, the first thing I do is uh, there's two practices that I, I always start people off. And, and one is, um, and I, because I always say meditations actually do what you do with your eyes open during your day. That's where true meditation is, mm. not necessarily sitting in quiet in the morning, but then you marry them up. So a meditation practice, and I would recommend starting for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. And I say 10 minutes in the morning when you first get up, because there's, there's going to be an internal struggle going on. The moment you sit down and close your eyes, you're going to find yourself latching on to all sorts of things. Your thoughts, your email, you want your coffee, it's cold, it's hot, it's noisy, it's this, it's that. And all those things are happening because your body wants to remain distracted from the, from the present moment. That You start to highlight how much addiction you might have to different things without yourself even knowing it. So if you can't conquer it sitting down for 10 minutes every morning, how the hell are you going to conquer it when, when, when the world is happening and shit's flying at you and <laughs> there's all sorts of things going on? So, so you need to start in a place like that yeah. first. And the second thing that I always encourage people is a gratitude practice. And it's massive and then you can combine them both. But even bringing it into your day when you least want to do it because you're then breaking that emotional state. You're then starting to, you might be running on the hormones of stress. You might be getting caught up. And it's like, wow, can I flick this switch? Can I go back to breathe in and out of my heart for five minutes and reset a different very signal to my autonomic nervous system and see if I can get myself out of sympathetic into parasympathetic, into rest or repair. And doing that alone will, will help reset the body. And then you're going to start to, come back at a, at a different level of mind through your day because ultimately we're, we're you know we're a collection of unconscious choices moment by moment by moment that's why we're we are where we're at right now so them two things are absolutely beautiful and they marry up really well and it's very subtle at first but the feeling will start to to um to change over time and other people will see it in you they'll, they'll feel it as well because your energy will start to change mm. i've noticed animals feel it oh, oh I'm like a little animal magnet it's hilarious exactly. all these little doggies and cats just come up to me and they're like hey it's yeah. really funny 100 percent, exactly right and and then you start to look at but we need i think one of the the missing components uh, is support like we always want to go and tackle this stuff alone. And the other thing we need to practice as well is starting to honor our truths, whatever that might look like, starting to find our voice again. Because sometimes we can, um, we can suppress our true self to fit in the needs of others, to fit in a community or whatever it might be. And, and all these things are, are piling down upon us day by day. 
So, so by slowly cultivating those two practices and being aware, then you're going to start to notice things coming up. That's when support comes in, having a reference point of other people that are going through the same thing, are being able to share the same thing, encourage it, and have compassion instead of just dumping upon you. Why you, you know, what's going on here? Have you lost the plot? And you know, then 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 you're always going to divert back to the old self, always. Mm. And and I think people don't actually realize how powerful and needed that is it's massive and whenever i make changes in life whenever i'm going different i will always seek people that are, are living and breathing examples of what it is i want to have, uh, develop with and i'll always put myself in communities then that have raised the bar of where i'm at and i want to be around that kind of association to help not put you down but actually help lift you up so does it feel like then, because this actually comes exactly back to the question that I asked like half an hour ago that we tangented all over the place around what you do as a member of a family, a partnership, etc. Does it then mean that, like I always talk about low-tox knowledge as picturing a big rope and there are some people who are um, climbing that rope a, few, a bit further than you and they're holding their hand back and they're reaching out for you to drag you up so that you can then do the same for people who are a bit further behind you on the journey. So it almost feels like when you know you want to move forward, it's okay that the people around you aren't there or aren't there yet. 100%. It's more about you seeking a support network where that is happening, therefore changing your energy, raising your vibration and your emotional state. And by being the change often you then start to see people around you become curious about how how you're able to be so calm and and content um is, is that kind of where you how you found it working yeah absolutely and you, you nobody likes being told what to do no they don't right and, <laughs> yeah. and just because this is one just because this is one person's journey it doesn't mean it's another person's journey mm. no matter how close you are to them no matter how much you love them, we're all individual having this human experience. That's how I see it. Mm. So if we want to influence people for the better, then the only way we can do that is by being our own example of our best version of ourselves. Mm. And, and from that, um, people will start to resonate 100%. But we, we need to take ownership first of ourselves. And quite often we try and influence others to to fit in with our personal needs or our personal gains but those personal needs and gains might actually be coming from a very fear-based place that we're not even aware of mm. so the whole situation just continues to to go so we need to take 100 percent ownership okay i'm gonna do this if we're in a relationship like i within let it in um you know i had a, a an amazing example so i had a lovely lady belinda she came to me uh, very stressed out, gone through naturopathic routes, but wanted to learn this work. And yet her partner, like they, they've openly spoke to me about this on the podcast, but her partner was uh, ex-police force, uh, PTSD sufferer, you know, some serious traumatic stuff going on. And you can imagine what his lens of life would be like yeah. from that nervous system firing that way all the time. Now, he had huge resistance to her because she was starting to change. And starting to evolve but she kept 
true to herself. And then there was a moment where Chris was like, oh, bloody hell, I better go and after six months it might have been. Okay, it seems to be working for her. I've got to realize I'm, maybe I need to try something new or different. And then, and then by that, his evolution has now changed. And now they're, they're on this, back on this tangent together, which is a beautiful thing, right? And then they can support each other more. But, um, you know, the only thing we can do is, yeah, take 100% ownership of ourselves first. And what you find with this work, you actually have more compassion for other people. Once you go through it and you understand it, you will see the pain within other people. You won't just ju you, like stop judging people. hundred percent. You don't know what literally evaporates. Yeah. And you've, you've got to, and if, if you, if you're still judging people for, for where you like, let it go because the, the, if you require to judge somebody else and I still catch myself time to time, you know, but, mm. but at the end of the day, there's something in you that you haven't resolved to, to vent that judgment onto someone else. Yeah. And that's, that's what you need to do is flip the mirror. So how do we, uh, because this is a huge thing people struggle with, even if they're starting to do some work on their cells, they, they know that meditation is a great way to, uh, to help us personally evolve. How do we move meditation, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on this, I have my own, from a, a have to and a no I should do to a as if I would miss it? Oh. You need, I, for, again, I can only speak for myself personally. Mm, no, I'm really interested to see, you know, what that point was for you, where you just started having to show up versus... It's, yeah, it's an yeah. embodied experience. Mm. So it's like trying to explain somebody what Spain is like if they've not been to Spain before. And they can look at the brochure, they can do all these things, but unless they actually experienced it, they'll never know. So they literally need to want to go to Spain first. But the problem with meditation is that it can be a slow burn initially because, you know, you're coming up against yourself. But you can amplify experiences very quickly. Like I, I was only – I ran an uh, energy center meditation for my community last night over Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I was chatting to a gentleman afterwards that had this huge embodied experience after 40 minutes. And he was discussing, and he was like, I didn't know whether it'd be free. And he was just lit up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I said to him, you've just experienced something that people might not have experienced for years by sitting on a stool every morning and going and wandering aimlessly, trying to figure it all out. What should, am I doing this right? Am I questioning it? By, by coming into a community of people, because uh, you can amplify it. You can amplify it through breath work and so forth. But now he's at a new reference point. And because he's got a new reference point, he is extremely hungry to figure out a way how to get back there and do it again. Because he's now starting to um, feel it from the inside out. And nobody can take away our own experiences from us. Mm -hmm. So to take it from normally what happens, more, most people will get to a point where they're in so much pain. They go, enough. I've got to change something. And then they start to go, I'm gonna, they've probably tried everything else. And they're going to go, I'm going to give this crazy thing a go or whatever belief systems they have around it. And then ideally, if they can then get enough momentum to make some decisions, and that's where a community and a reference point and other people come into play. Because if you're around people that are talking about it all the time, saying, oh, my God, I've been having this. I manifested this into my life. These changes are making. My kids are just 
more relaxed all the time now and my relationships like if you're hearing that you're going to want to find a way to do it mm. but if all you've got when you come out of your into your conscious day is people around you that are that are not have it at all then it's it becomes more challenging mm. so it's it's being able to be smart enough to go you know what i think there's something in this i'm ready to do the work and then finding ways to fast track that yeah. otherwise it's always going to be a struggle a hundred percent. And, you know, I see this with every change that you want to make. Maybe it's dietary and you're the only family on your street or in your school who's eating, you know, whole foods and trying to cook everything from scratch and really making a go of it. And then you go to social functions and there's twisties and Doritos and all these things. And the, the, the pain, it feels painful yeah. to see what you have personally moved on from around you you feel pained for the people it's not judgment I, I personally don't ever think it's judgment but it almost feels like you get whacked in the face with reality and you need the safe haven of a nice big community that's doing this work as well whether that's ditching toxins changing the food you're eating or evolving beyond your personal reality yeah of today. absolutely it's yeah. massive so I'd love to know, um, just still on meditation as a practice, I am a huge fan of music. I tried meditating for years with all sorts of different ways and the, the silent meditation with absolutely no cues at all, nothing, just nothing. I could just never, ever was something I looked forward to, even though I'm someone who's able to look forward to things if they're challenging, if that makes sense. You know mm. what I mean? Like if I find a greater sense of purpose around the thing, it doesn't matter if it's not a great experience for me, I'll know that it was worth it. But with silent meditation, not never felt worth it. Never, never excited, never felt worth it, never saw a greater sense of purpose. As soon as music came into the equation for me, that really transformed things for me. And I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, I know you take your Let It In community, which we'll go into in a little bit, through um, all sorts of different meditations. You talked about energy um, centres, and that's one of the most powerful forms of a meditation that I've ever experienced myself as well. Um, music or no music, does it matter? Uh, is it really dependent on the individual? I think none of it matters. Mm. I, I really, I, I actually think they're all tools to get us to the same place. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, and I've certainly met, I've met people and I, you know, um, Tom Campbell, the NASA physicist is one person that springs to mind, but you can literally not meditate anymore and be in a meditative state all day with your eyes open. Yeah. And you just, you're just there. Mm. Right. So, so everything that we have, and, I, and I'll see it because you get people seeing getting emotionally attached to different things. And certain work, I was helping Matt Omar at a workshop the other week and somebody brought all these crystals in and they were lining them up, up and down their, 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 their chakras or energy centers. And I was thinking, wow, I, how necessary is that? But if it helps us get somewhere, then it's, then it's great. Mm. And if it doesn't, it's not necessary. Yeah, cool. So it really is about the individual. And I guess an analogy that just popped up that I was writing down then was that people enjoy different modes of transport to get to the same destination. Exactly. Mm. And different drivers. That yeah, are yeah. 
and so yeah. forth. But yeah. I think, and you know, I think as well, meditation is interpreted very differently depending on our belief systems. For me, meditation is not about necessarily quieting the mind, but it's been able to become the observer of the mind and the feelings. Mm. So there's a separation. And, and when you let go fully, you can, like, um, I know uh, Joe Dispenza will talk about, you know, you reach the quantum field. You could call it zero-point consciousness. You can get the, define, the divine matrix, whatever, whatever names there are for it. And then it's almost like the soulful self. There's an there's a undeniable connection to something greater and larger than, uh, than us individually. Mm-hmm. Now, for me... Once you get into that connection, that's where the subconscious is. is you're, you're in the subconscious now, and, and that's where I want to change something about it. So I want to reorganize my autonomic nervous system. And to do that, I need to generate emotional states. Mm. And for me, that's when music really comes into play because not only can I, it just, you know, it is, it's going to inspire me even more. Do I need the music? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I love having that music to come in but then you can take music a step further and actually just using sound and frequency mm. not necessarily beautiful orchestrated music but to a point where there's a, a certain frequency set for a certain energy center mm. which which can help because ultimately if you believe we're physical matter and energetic beings so there's there's, there's a combination of both then what quantum physics and science is talking about now is that they always used to think the smallest particle, which is going back down to a quantum level, is actually producing the energy field. But now they say, no, hang on, is this the energy field producing the particle, which mm-hmm. is a very different school of thought. And it's very totally different. different. physics, right? Mm-hmm. And biology. So, so that energy can become coherent or incoherent. There can be a density to it dependent on, on our emotional states. Mm. So, by, so by using sound as well, you can actually tune in and start to reorganize that frequency, which, of course, starts sending a different signal. But we, we, again, this is going into deeper stuff, but then you need to allow the body to release that stored energy to move. And that might come out as tears. That might come out as all sorts of laughter, feelings, fits, whatever that is. Yeah, convulsive kind of body movements. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, because quite often the the nervous system is not not used to or required to um, run a higher amplitude of energy. So sometimes that stored energy has to come out at a higher amplitude. So the body will reorganize itself to allow it to come through us and out of us. And then we finally fully processed the, the, the incident, the emotion, the trauma, whatever it is we held on to, that could have been from when we were three years old and we don't even know it's there. Mm. It's amazing. It fascinates me. It is fascinating. And I, I've, I remember um, when I started doing meditation, I started actually doing Joe's work even just last year um, more intensely, I guess, or more regularly is probably a better word. Uh, I had never seen anyone else do it. And this is why the community aspect, Mm. and I really want to get into talking about the work you do in terms of the structured work you take people through, um, because I think it's so important. So I had just done these meditations very quietly. You know, I'd even heard his voice taking me through the breath and moving my energy up my spine and all the things I thought I was doing it well and I was having a few little interesting moments sure but it wasn't until I went onto the advanced week-long 
where you're shown and surrounded by so many people who've been doing the work for a lot longer. Uh, and I realized just how much of the autonomic nervous system release came into play to really shift things. And as soon as I was almost given that visual or audible permission to really let rip, <laughs> it's just like, this is on. And, uh, and it's really amazing what comes up. So even because you unlock the door, the smallest sentence in a meditation, if you're being guided, can just release a whole bunch of stuff. I'll never forget standing on the beach on the Sunshine Coast, my headphones doing the morning meditation. And at one point you're walking into your future and that whole part's been happening and it was really exciting. Then you're told to stand still and look out onto the horizon in a trance and then put your hand on your heart and turn your love inwards. Mm. And I burst into tears, hysterical crying because the energy, keeping that energy all for myself and loving myself when I'm such an outward loving person was almost too much to bear. It was so unfamiliar. And, uh, and it was just such a moment for me in this whole um, exercise we call the work. And, uh, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's just such a, an amazing thing to, to realise all these different little levels that people can go through. Yeah. And then once you have those experiences, you can't undo them. No, no, no. And then you bring that memory into your current day, right? And, mm. and it, it really starts to change the way you perceive every situation moment by moment. Mm. And sure that's, that's where we make our choices in life. And it, it changes your whole trajectory. Yeah. It's huge. Sure it's mm. huge. Yeah. So um, you obviously have created this community I sort of don't really want to call it a business. It's just more of a community. Energetically, it feels like a better word. And it's called Let It In. Mm. And uh, the, the guys who've been listening to the show so far this month have heard me talk about it a little bit because uh, you're offering our community this amazing meditation uh, that you have on your website uh, this month, which I think is a great way to celebrate the show that we're talking to each other with today. What made you... How, how did that take shape and what did you decide it was going to look like and does it evolve as things go on? It constantly evolves, mm. 100%. I, um, I wanted to create something where I felt like was needed and, and almost that was missing in, in my life from learning and doing this work and that was to be able to have a safe place to come and connect people to know they're not alone to do this and mm. move forward and cultivate a practice around it. Because the more I learned about this work, the more, the more deep it gets and the more almost reassurance we need sometimes that we're not going crazy and this, this is all perfectly normal, you know, especially from my own experiences. And I wanted to create literally a roadmap that I'd kind of taken myself on and how could I condense that for people so they can, achieve the same results but in a quicker process so in my vision there was always going to be a community of people coming together and of course the internet's the best place to do that at least stay connected so that was the first step and then it was like how can i simplify this work in such a way that there's a there's a process and if they're willing to follow the the dots 
They're going to get going and have aha moments. And then they can start to piece all the bigger picture stuff together and, and the science and, and go nuts, go nuts. But, uh, but stop the intellect blinding you from taking action. Let's mm. just start taking action. So, so that's when the, the online membership model evolved. And, and, I, and I knew if I start beating this drum, and start, um, I'm going to draw people in. But that was only one piece of the puzzle because obviously I wanted to create workshops where people can come in and experience it and meet me and, and do that, which I'm doing around the country. And then I've always, for years, Alex, just dreamt of doing retreats. Mm. Like I've gone to, gone to many retreats over many, many years, experienced different mentors and awesome people. And it was just in me to, to bring that process together, but do it in, in a way that I felt was safe, effective, and could take people through a journey and a process and actually start to even speed up that process even quicker. Because like once you have those embodied experiences, we start to do that. And obviously, I've met a lot of amazing people to work with as well over the years. And, and uh, I've teamed up with a couple of people that I feel are amazing in their fields. And uh, we started combining three-day retreats together as well. So there's like, it's almost like a, a, I'm all, in my mind, it's almost like a 12-month blueprint where you can go, right, I'm in, I'm going to go through all these, and, and you'll come out the other side and you kind of go, wow, now I get it, now I understand it. You know? Do you create, I mean, I would imagine that because you're taking people on a journey, a defined learning space, and it's why I write e-courses rather than, you know, 50 billion blogs, um, there's, there's a sense of people really committing and a sense that they're immersed in other people who have made that same commitment. Massive. Mm. And, and, and that's it. I actually, I, I joke uh, when I'm even at a workshop, I take everyone through, like only join if you're ready. Mm. Like you're no good to any of us. If you, if, like if you join and leave, and I understand we, we love the idea of change, but then we get caught up. But there will become a point of had people join, leave, and then rejoin six months later. I had somebody just book into my retreat the other day that came to my workshop 18 months ago. Mm. And I was right, I'm ready, I'm all in. And then she signed up to membership and, and it's like, great, brilliant, you know? And, yeah. and I don't expect people to be in there forever either. Like I understand yeah. it's okay, but you know, it's, there's just this point where you think, yeah, you know in your heart when you're ready to do this work. Mm. And, and maybe uh, you're that person stepping stone on their own journey. And it's like, ah, I need this guy guy in my exactly. life right now. And, and now I, I need to move on. And I think that's, um, that's a really beautiful thing to be able to acknowledge that that's the experience of people. You know, mm. I always wanted to, after going through what I did with 180 and coming out of this, I, I always wanted to just do something that was purely coming from my heart and be very conscious of every single decision I, I make moving forward without putting pressure on myself or stress, you know, and getting caught up in the business aspect too much of it. Mm. Because I think that's where we can come unstuck quite often, um, especially when you're trying to build a business or a living or, or doing what you you do. And it's like, well, can't we produce something that's, that's coming from heart that actually is contributing and creates, you know, a, a winning situation for everyone that's evolved and actually fall in love with, with themselves though and from doing the work. I'm just a doorman. I literally just open a door and say, this is the door I walked through. This is how I did it. If you want it, follow up. But I'll just hold the door open for you. You have to do the work yourself. Like, mm. I, can't, I can't change you. I'm mm. just here to show you how to change yourself. 
Yeah. And that is so key, isn't it? Because in a world where everyone is chasing the silver bullet, everyone is trying to attach, not everyone, but most people, our culture sort of dictates that we need to find these gurus where the answer is somewhere else, in someone else, in someone else's way. And the answer is inside us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if I can do it, trust me, anyone can do this. Yeah. You just need, you just need to, to want it more than your current situation. Mm. Um, so on a retreat, mm. uh, obviously you're not meditating all day, every day. What you mentioned, there are a couple of other people that you've linked up with. What can people expect? Because there's so many different retreats out there. And uh, I knew pretty quickly on in my retreat story that I wasn't one for those gentle yoga and green smoothie at sunset with a massage kind of retreats. I want shifts. I want ugly. I want gritty. I want, you know, I want to really rattle things and see where I can take myself. Um, what kind of a retreat, if you were making a brochure, would it, would it, well, how it, would it be it's, described? Yeah, it's certainly not uh, cocktails at sunset. <laughs> I, can, I can assure you, not with me, mate. Um, so, so essentially I teamed up with um, Matt Omo and uh-huh. um, he has been in this, this body of work for over 15 years. He's phenomenal. Uh, he works with sound. And uh, I had a huge, huge shifts of that releasing when I worked with him about six or seven years ago. That's when I first met Matt. And I was just blown away. The whole the, the grief of my, my passing dad came out of me that I'd been holding on for a couple of years. And it was just incredible. And I was like taking 20 kilos off my backpack. Wow. And I'd already been in this work. And, I'm, and uh, we've become really, really good friends. You know, so there was Matt. I always wanted to do some work with Matt. So, um, and uh, the other person is that we wanted to bring a female energy into the equation as well and um, we, we work with Petra Brozovic who I met on a small Joe Dispenza retreat in Costa Rica 18 mm-hmm. months ago and she's just incredible with this work she actually trains Joe Dispenza's trainers oh, wow. um, and uh, she's been involved in this work a long time and has an amazing experience and we call it the let go and live in flow which is literally letting go of the old to allow you to to find more flow and, and serenity in your life. And, and to do that, we need to start um, getting it out of your body. And we use uh, movement and yoga and breathing and sound. And, but it's done in a very safe, controlled manner. We actually create a few environments where you have to control your emotional state. Uh, we keep people in the unknown so they don't know what they're getting each day. So, uh, but they know what, what the outcome is. You know, so we kind of uh, help bring people together, connect, and, and people make friends for life. You know, it's, it's intimate. There's no hiding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like uh, going to a, people with 1,100 people there. It's, it's much smaller and intimate. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, yeah, it's amazing. We, I've been blown away by the response. We sold out within six weeks when we opened it up for August. And then we just opened up another one uh, a couple of weeks ago with over half the spots full as well. And we'll be opening them up more and more next year yeah um yeah i just love it i i I wish it was tomorrow and not six weeks or eight weeks away whenever it was (laughs) well luckily time thread third dimension time moves fast so it'll be here before you know it but we do meditate there as well absolutely yeah Yeah. amazing um there are a couple more questions i want to ask you one because you have your own podcast uh, and you interview some great people uh can you think 
of off the bat something that has truly blown you away that someone has shared that in all your experiences of life you'd had so far up until the point of that interviewer that interviewee and that thing that they said you had just never thought that way before who comes to mind oh that's that's actually a really big question i th- i always think about the way they leave me feeling mm. afterwards normally and oh. sometimes i walk away for days going oh my god that was just <laughs> amazing and i get to sit there like a kid in a candy store just chatting to awesome awesome people and i got to be honest, still to this day, the person that left me walking away with that feeling was a guy called Joshua Mance. Uh-huh. And, he, and he wrote a book called Beauty of, the Dark, uh, Beauty of a Darker Soul. And I'll quickly, very quickly share the story with you. But he was a platoon leader. And essentially, they went off and he got, he, him and his mate, they're in Afghanistan, and they got shot. He got shot by a sniper. And I won't go into the because the story itself is just unbelievable. Do we have this show on your library yeah, yeah, to be yeah. able to share? Great. Yeah. And, and um, he ended up dying for 15 minutes. And when he came out of that, he, um, he still survived, which was quite incredible for being flatlined. And I don't know if you know anything about CPR, but the brain dies after four minutes, or there's a and being there for 15 was just abnormal and he went into a huge depression afterwards he was suicidal he wanted to take his life as you can imagine ptsd but right at the end um he said uh you know the trauma he was so grateful for the incident because the incident only triggered what was already within him prior to that that caused him to go into depression and PTSD. It wasn't the incident itself. Uh-huh. And the way, which was amazing. And the way he came out the other side um, of that and now what he's doing, he's even, he's even studying quantum physics, like he's fully down this rabbit hole and he was such a nice guy. But that just hit me in a way when, he, when he's there describing it, you, you just, it was just this raw energy. And I've had some amazing people on there, like all this work I just dive right down into, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, yeah, he he left, sat with me, still sits with me when I think about it. So yeah, yeah wow, I can see it. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's like months and years later. Yeah. Um. Okay. So to finish this uh, beautiful conversation, I'd love to ask you to share. Uh, what a, a beautiful morning might look like for someone wanting to gently step their way through starting to do some of this work. So what would a beautiful morning look like for yeah. them? That first thing in the morning, what does it look like? Okay. If they want to start this work and it's a beautiful morning for them, um, they, they want to jump out of bed for a start. Like actually jump? Literally jump out of bed okay. and go, okay, game on. I'm now yeah. awake. I've been given this gift of a day you know, called life and I really want to embrace and be the best version of myself for it today. And I'm going to fill up my cup first. I'm going to take ownership of myself before I serve everyone else and be given for everyone else. Because if I don't have enough to give for myself today, uh, then how can I be expected to give on an empty tank to other people that I dearly care about and love and want to be there for? So thinking like that, I would sit down and then I'd encourage them to set an intention for the day. Or is my, how, do I, how do I want this to go? What, how can I embody something? What mantra can I hold on to to remind myself of 
of this moment right now. And then I would just go into the heart and I would breathe in and and out of the heart and I would feel my life, the very beat of my heart, you know, and I start to feel grateful for this this moment and start to cultivate cultivate those feelings and emotions and really let it pour all over you. Because once you start getting used to that, it can become so addictive. Mm. You start to love life. Mm. And then, and then you can, once you get into that feeling and as you get good at this, you're able to drop into the, the, the alpha and theta stage. You can get into that subconscious and then you can start to feel the emotions and feelings as if you've already achieved something. What is it I'm going for? Where am I? What is it I want to be? Who do I want to become? What am I doing? And then I'd hold those states. And then when I feel like I own it, like really own it, and I feel it in every cell in my body, I would just set my thanks and my appreciation. And I would get up from that a different person to when I sat down. Mm. And you can't tell me, if you're not willing to give that a go and do that, it's not going to change the direction of your life and who you are, as opposed to turning on the alarm, getting the, checking your emails within two minutes, you know, it's on Facebook and getting caught up and keeping yourself distracted because those distractions are continuously keeping you from the very things that you want in your life. Mm. But that's why I call it let it in. Like you really have to start allowing that process to happen mm. and stop forcing things and, and hoping that's going to make things quicker, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it just keeps pushing it away. It's yeah. just like a, you, you're constantly chasing a carrot that you'll yeah. never grab. Mm. You know, so, and I think if you can just start with that and come alive, you know, I like to move in the morning as well. I do yoga, I have a cold shower normally, or finish on a cold shower, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm ready, I'm prepared. And then, uh, and then if, I, if I don't do that, oh, I, I really notice it, Alex. I really mm. notice it. Yeah, my son came into my bedroom this morning just as I was about to start my meditation, and he's like, Mum, can we practice some fractions? And in my mind, I was like, now? But in my mouth came out, of course, sweetie, jump in. And we were cuddling. And I thought, no, I'm going to be grateful for this moment right now. Exactly. And then I started planning, okay, when in my morning am I going to slot this meditation in? Ideally, I'd like to get it in before I chat to you, like before my workday starts and so that I feel really calm, open, focused, And so I decided when I dropped him off to school that I would go straight to the blood test that I needed to get because I was doing some annual bloods and, uh, and just sit in the waiting room and do my meditation there. And I just became completely oblivious to the crazy children running around and everything going on in that waiting room. I was this Zen Zen person and then got in trouble from the nurse for not answering the call, but it was perfect. And I think, you know, it, for me, it illustrated that a few things sometimes happen that do bust us out of our ideal morning routine. But if you're committed, you find a way. You really do find a way and you start to find a way more and more once you realize the meaning of turning inwards and totally. what it can give you. Mm. But, but you find a way, but you also find when the moments to be, like you just said, oh, this is a time to be with my son, yeah. or, as opposed to getting frustrated with it all because mm. I can't do the work. Like yeah, it, it exactly. defeats the purpose of it all, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's where the, the flow of life comes in and the, and the ebbs and, and being able to navigate and read that and just kind of go with it more and 
just think this is this is a gift right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace it. Yeah. You know? and yeah. I just love that my son loves maths. He's really into yeah. it. <laughs> I was always a bit of a maths nerd, not in the school sense, but I just love problem solving. So to just lie in bed, cuddle and help him out with some fractions and see him get it was just bliss. So um so yeah, it had to be the medical waiting room for me this morning. But yeah, I think awesome. it was great that that came up because often we outlay what looks perfect and what would be the perfect way to do things. And then people are ashamed in their own little corner of the world when it isn't perfect and it doesn't work out that way. Totally. Okay. It's all good. Joy in the present moment and it can happen when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. The quicker you let it go, the quicker you can move on. Mm. So good guy. Thank you for this amazing chat. Uh, Everyone can find you obviously at, uh, on your website, we've got all of the details there. Is there a particular place you like for people to connect with you most? Look, um, the website guylawrence.com.au has got everything on there. I've got another URL, which is literally lettedin.com.au. And uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. You'll see me in an ice bath normally <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> do you do one of those every day? Every week I do. I just every had one week. this morning, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, Fabulous. Well, I'm encouraging everybody to get in touch, uh, check out the website, obviously the wonderful meditation that's available for everybody to sign up to and uh, an experience. Uh, It's definitely going to be worth your time. Thank you once again, Guy, for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.